Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where right now they're giving you a chance to get 25% off all non-sale items on your entire order by using the code DNVR over at lightshade.com or in any of their 11 Denver Metro locations. They've also got Escape Artists, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBD, 20-to-1, and you got to check out their newest and biggest location. It's Barnum, one block off 6th and Federal Boulevard. It's not only their biggest, but they have specialty products that are not offered at other locations. So go check them out. And again, use that code DNVR over at lightshade.com or any of the 11 Lightshade dispensary stores. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the show. DNVR Broncos live coming to you from Studio C. And today the C stands for Cabin. Up at the family's cabin <laughs> in the mountains, high in the Rocky Mountains. Beautiful weekend up here. Uh, it's Allie's birthday on Monday. so I Hey, happy birthday. Happy early birthday, Allie. Yeah, there you go. Happy early birthday to Allie. Spend a weekend up here with some friends. Then uh, celebrate celebrate Allie's birthday. Should be a fun one. Uh, oh, man, but... that sounds like a blast. And being up in the mountains, Ryan, what, what are we looking at right now? A little snow on the ground? All the snow gone? Bro, it's... It's 75 degrees up here. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't, I, that might I be hotter a, than here. I was going to say, I think it's like a couple degrees warmer than Denver right now. Um, so I don't know. It might go hit the lake. I don't know. You know, soak in some sun rays on the porch. Any, anything's on the table. Tomorrow we're going golfing. Wow. That sounds like a perfect weekend to kick off your June. Exactly. Uh, real quick here. Alexander in the comments here says, okay, how was Zach Bryan the other day? He was awesome. He actually opened up. He was, I guess, two openers deep uh, for uh, for Jesus, uh, um, Luke Holmes, uh, and he was great. I I actually didn't know him too too much. Um, we went with Spencer and Kylie, and Kylie was like a big fan already, and she had kind of shown me some songs. I'm like, this guy's really good. Ever since the concert, I've been jamming on it. Man, I I heard that concert was great and it was packed, even though it was the opposite of the weather that you have now. Yeah, I'm just glad Alexander asked me something about the beginning of the concert, because that's the part that I remember. (laughs) And now, were you able to watch the Avs game on your phone? Every second. I didn't miss a single second of the Avs game. I couldn't. I, I legitimately couldn't, like. I wouldn't have been enjoying myself if I couldn't see what was going right. on in the Adams game. And I think I mentioned, how, <laughs> I think you know I mentioned this before, but... Oh, you go, you go. 
everyone around me was also doing the same thing. Like literally the guy <laughs> sitting right next to me when I got to my seat already had it up. I was like, this is it. This is my guy. <laughs> That's amazing. I, w- I was just worried about, you know, when you get so many people in one space, sometimes that cell phone service doesn't work. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Empower Field. They, you know, fire or not, they've still got <laughs> high speed Wi-Fi out there. And by the way, did we ever talk about the fact that they just put people in the stands right around the fire? Like where the seats had melted, people are just sitting there? No, not there. They blocked off like two rows with like, or maybe like five, five rows, I'll say, with like a tarp. But in front of it, behind it, people were sitting there. So don't sell me on some, this is unsafe. We have to, you know, do this. We uh, Who knows if it'll be ready for week one? No, no, no. Um, they're fine. And they clearly did not care at all. Yeah, we, we were told that the Broncos are going to be out with without hundreds of seats. And that's when we were like, okay, this might be an issue. If it's two rows, that's nothing at all. So, I mean, that that's uh, – yeah, I thought the whole structural da- – I thought there was, you know, so much damage to mm-hmm. steel beams because the fire melted mm-hmm. them. I guess not. It's yeah. definitely a section, not okay. just two rows. It's like Again. one little, like – Fuzzy memory. Here, let me look. With the sweet and like a little section. I have the picture right here. Um, Why don't I just send it to Allie real quick and she can bring it up. But while we wait for that. This uh, is good news. I'm going to send it to my. No, don't do that, Ryan. (laughs) We have a don't do that, Ryan, from (laughs) Ryan. Well, I just airdropped it to Allie's computer. I'm on Allie's computer. Uh, There, let's just do this. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I see the emptiness. Man, that's calm down, that's like... Ryan. I got it. I got it. Just be patient. <laughs> you got it. How'd you do she that? knows? She knows what she's doing, Ryan. She does. It's five. I would say five to ten rows over the course of two sections. So I guess right. that's upwards. So of, like, uh, and then two suites. My get my my. When I was thinking of this, though, I was expecting like an entire like area of the stadium. Okay, here we go. Okay. And what what does it say? What what tarp did they put over it? Welcome. Uh, it's welcome bootleggers. That's the name of like Luke Combs uh fan base. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. So are we gonna get a like a let's ride Broncos country on there come week one? I just feel like they can just put new seats in and it'll be fine. <laughs> and that's what it seems like. See, I thought like a, a whole stretch was going to be off limits. I truly thought they were going to have to like take out the entire thing, like a whole section, rebuild it. There's going to be like not not only that, but thousands of seats around it impacted. Nope. They just took all the people whose tickets were bought there, I'm sure, and threw them down on the floor, gave them a seat upgrade, and no one complained and it was all good. Now, of course, you can't put people on the field um, <laughs> for the game, although that would be potentially entertaining. Um, I, I, I mean, they'll figure out a place to put those people. So did Rob Walton's conspiracy plan of burning down the stadium so that he can uh, have taxpayers build a new one not work? Yeah, that couple who was on the tour that pointed out the fire ruined everything. (laughs) They saved the stadium and ruined the plans of a $70 billion man. Yep, exactly. Although, where was he going to have them play at like Folsom Field for a couple of years after the stadium burned down? Boy, that's where you, that's where you'd electric. want them, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would have been so electric. Although, Man, like, where uh, Folsom Field is too sacred for NFL football. 
Mm, so put them up at CSU since there's nothing sacred about that in your eyes. I mean, it's it's brand new. It can't really be sacred. <laughs> what what would the Broncos' backup plan be? Would it be Dix? Oh, that's probably right. Um, but that's twenty thousand, right? Yeah, it's really small. And Folsom's what fifty? Fifty. Yeah, Folsom's the biggest. Yeah, because CSU Stadium, I think, is like thirty-five right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So Folsom fifty, and uh, off the top of my head, there's no other stadiums like well, that. Well, Air Force, but that's smaller. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we already know they can't handle big events. Sorry, no Air Force. Way. They cannot. <laughs> one way in, one way out. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen again. Um, Folsom would honestly, I, I mean, I, I guess it 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 hosts sellouts all the time, so. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's closer than CSU by, uh, by about an hour and Dick's it's not too much farther than Dick's. You, there have been football games in baseball stadiums. So Jason here says they could convert cores. Um, that's 48,000, I believe. So that's probably the best in terms of convenience. Yeah. Yeah. And just right downtown, man, that would be fun getting Lodo a game there. Oh, Oh, baby. Can Maybe that's what needs to happen in order for the Broncos to not move outside of downtown is for the new owner to see what a football game would be like in the middle of downtown. That would be so electric. I'm so in on that. Yeah. And of <laughs> course they did the outdoor game there mm-hmm. um, before they outsmarted themselves and took it to air force uh, <laughs> and, and like no hate on uh, it's a beautiful stadium, a beautiful setting. It just wasn't prepared for that. No. Um, anyways, um <clears throat> that would be interesting but the fire it was all it was all all a, a, a much ado about nothing um, pretty much the uh the the people that got the most out of it was the Chargers schedule release video since they included that in there right exactly i still couldn't believe i looked over i was like in the stadium for like 20 minutes and i'm like wait I looked over there. I was like, "It's there's nothing. It's fine." <laughs> I bet. Uh, uh, who was it? Luke Cohen. Luke Combs. Luke, Luke Combs. I bet he didn't even notice that. Uh, he probably just thought that was a nice little sign for him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Like a tifo, uh, like they do in soccer. A tifo. Oh, uh, you're not familiar. No. Uh, essentially, like soccer fans band together and make these giants. Like they're essentially flags, um, but you know signs. And then, uh, like, at the beginning of the game or right before the game, all the fans, like, roll it out over them and hold it up and shake it. And oh, just... oh, of course. What I, I had no idea they were called TIFOs. Does that yeah. stand for something? It probably does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you shame me for not knowing what they are. I got to shame you for not knowing what it stands for. I mean, it's, it's probably another language. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were multi multilingual. Uh, it's a... Totally informative, um, <laughs> functional operation. <laughs> wow, there we go. All right. <laughs> Anyways. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we're, we're about to get into the real hardcore stuff here. So um, as you guys remember, there is a reality show taking place uh, at Denver Broncos headquarters and around the Denver Broncos world. Um, it is, it's known by two names, depending on who you ask, uh, (laughs) receive my love or catch my heart, catch my heart. (laughs) Now, of course, this reality show, um, that is sweeping the nation, um, is the competition between Denver Broncos wide receivers for the attention, admiration, 
and adoration of Russell Wilson. Uh, and let me tell you, folks, the season is heating up. Mm. Last night, for the second time in the season, Jerry Judy got himself a one-on-one Ooh. with Russell Wilson. Now, tell me if you agree or disagree here. Was this a true one-on-one? Because it wasn't just Russ and Jerry go to the Avs game. It was Russ. It was Jerry. It was Sierra. It was CC. It was Future. And there's one other person on the Broncos who was there that I could see is Draymond Jones. So does this count as a one-on-one, Zach, as he was the only wide receiver there by my very scientific um, exploration of Sierra's Instagram story? So I also saw Josh Johnson there, and I saw Greg Dulcich there, who kind of fits into this, but not fully. But it was a Yes, in, in in the box with him. I believe Dalton Reisner was also at the game, but not with them. But he was the only true receiver there. And so, Ryan, of course, this reminds me of The Bachelor. And in The Bachelor, sometimes there's group dates that then at the end of it, the winner of the group date gets that one-on-one. And this is what this was, except a little more exclusive. It was a group date, not everyone. So not everyone was there, i.e. Tim Patrick, Courtland, weren't there. Says a whole Canadian city was in the box. Wow. How about that? Oh, okay. Now he's saying it was Montreal, Washington, which is a state. So a lot lot going on in that box. Uh, And then then at the end, Ryan, Jerry Judy got the one-on-one because he, as you said, was featured with just future. It seemed like Mm -hmm. those two guys were really getting along. And man, anytime you bond with the child, man, you're gaining a lot of, of steam. Yeah, I mean, I just think of it like my uh, older sister's, you know, boyfriends, like when they came over to the house, they made a point like, oh, I got to get in with Ryan. If he likes me, it'll make my <laughs> life a whole lot easier. So they're like, you know, down there playing video games with me and stuff. Um, now, where, how did you react? Were you hard on them? No, nope. I was pretty easy on all of them. <laughs> um, except for this one guy who's a real asshole. But that's, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Um Anyways, uh, if I could ask Future anything, it would be who's your favorite of the wide receivers. (laughs) And he'd probably say right now, Jerry, because he spent probably the most time with him. Yeah, uh, it looked like they were having a blast. It kind of looked like Jerry was maybe borrowing Future's second ab sweater. Uh, (laughs) Very small on him. I was so confused (laughs) by this. Like, how, how do you think Jerry Judy ended up in such a small jersey? I think you're probably right. Exactly how it happened. He was borrowing futures or he was borrowing. Well, we know Russ, we know Russ doesn't wear jerseys because he only wears his, uh, his good man brand, the Russell Wilson brand. Can't Uh, believe he wears his own brand so much. (laughs) Shake my head. Who would do that? Um, but, uh, so maybe Russ just had an extra one and Russell's a bit shorter than Jerry. So maybe that's how, um, I think that maybe like, Avs representatives came up there with just like a box of gear and was like, does anyone want any of this? Like just praying that Sierra would put some on. Um, she didn't. And um, she had to wear a swimsuit. No, she was just rocking. Swimsuit cover. She was just swagging it out. I don't know. She looked great. Um, what was she wearing? I, I, di- I didn't see a picture of her. Just a fit. She just got a fit off. Okay. I don't, yeah, okay. I don't know how else to put it. Um, but 
Yeah, and Jerry was just like, oh, I'll take this one. And he put it on, and it was like the Jokic picture where his, his <laughs> sleeves are halfway up his arm. He's like, yeah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> did you see uh, Did you see Hackett rocking the uh, Makar jersey? Yes, and then I saw D-Mac make like a deep inside joke that I feel like me and maybe a few other people got, um, which was like – What was it? Let's see. Will I get it? He said, uh, do you think he knows he's wearing a Makar jersey? Um. Oh, is that in reference to uh, didn't Vic wear a jersey and didn't know who it was and like didn't know anything about the player or the jersey or really even the team? Yes, yes. Um, I think it was D-Mac who asked him, oh, is, La- <laughs> is Landis Gog your favorite player? And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. They just <laughs> That is brutal. I, I, I do think that, and, and man, Hackett was going nuts in the stadium, firing the crowd up. And just with his passion, I think he probably knows who Makar is. And my guess is if DMAC were to ask uh, Hackett about why he chose a Makar jersey, he'd have a good answer. Uh, whether he knows it or not, he's not, <laughs> he's coming in prepared for yep. that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was fun, but I, I guess let's, let's try and, um, make something out of nothing here. It's the off season. Um, is, is there anything to read into Jerry Judy, like legitimately bonding with Russ and his family? Absolutely. I, I, I think so. And sure, a, a little bit of on-field stuff can come from this. And and of course, this is the second one-on-one because the first one-on-one that happened was when Jerry had a child. So he missed Russ's first gathering down in San Diego. So then a couple days later, it was just him and Russ down in San Diego having their one-on-one time. And that was good on-field bonding. But Ryan, especially with what's happened with Jerry Judy over this past month and just some issues off the field uh, and just some things that don't look great over these past few years that he's been a Bronco. I think this is a great thing. Uh, and it it is Jerry, not just getting close with Russ, but I think you said it, getting close with the family, I think is really good. And I think it shows that Russ is really trying to take Jerry under his wings. Now, this could be the only time it happens, but I really hope to see more of this because, man, if Russ takes Jerry under his wing, that's going to help off the field, but also on the field. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's almost as simple as, like, like Jerry had no plans and he wanted to hang out with Russ. You know, like, it's like, <clears throat> who knows with these guys? Like, you know, he has a newborn baby. Like, he could be in between practices, like, jetting out of town or whatever. You, you just have no idea. Like, the fact that russ invited him and he said yes is like that's a dub uh Mm -hmm. it's small it's small but it's a dub also i think it's good for jerry judy's approval rating like i tweeted out the picture of him in future and it did over a thousand likes like jerry judy's people like him a little more right now than they did yesterday um so i think it's good I, i think it's all good um i think it's interesting like where were the other guys um Again, you know, it's it's basically the same uh, metaphor I used about Melvin Gordon. You're chasing a girl, and you know that one of the other guys chasing her is going to a party, and you're you can go to that party. You're going. You got to be one of those annoying guys uh, when someone else pulls the girl off to the side. Oh, you're going bachelor. through the curtain, and you're like, "Hey, it's it's kind of you know." Do you mind if I butt in? <laughs> of course, they freaking mind if you butt in. Don't ask. Just go and butt in. They always say yes, though. <laughs> right, like, right. Hey, come on in. Like, I'm like. <laughs> what Steal i feel like my girl i think there must be like a rule that the producers tell them like if someone comes in you have right. to let them go right <laughs> yeah. 
this is a fun little super chat that we can hit right away from Jason, who says, who's the closest to Kale McCarr on the Broncos? Simmons, Sertan, Javante, someone else. Wilson doesn't count. Um, well, to to me in this one, Ryan, I, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't have even thought about Wilson for this because Wilson is McKinnon. McKinnon. Um, and, and so for me, I think you nailed it with the guys, but to me, it's, it's obviously one. And that is, that is Patrick Sertan. Oh. And because I think when we talk about Nathan McKinnon, uh, he's, or I'm sorry, with, with Kale McCarr, he's one of the absolute best in the NHL at what he does. And that's what I'm thinking Patrick Sertan is. And, and, and not just one of the best, he's like one of the best on his side of the puck, you know, defense, he, he's the, the best, uh, if, if, if not one of the best, uh, and that's, that's the thing with Sertan. He's going to be one of the best, if not the best defender in the entire NFL in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Kale McCarr went literally head to head with the guy who everyone said might also be the best. And no one even remembers a single thing. The other dude did in that series. Um, I haven't noticed he's the best. I would say it's between Sertan and Simmons. Um, the only reason I would make a, maybe a case for Simmons is because Kale is so long. Um, just like Justin in the way that he's like rangy and smooth. And I think safety, uh, is a closer position to like a hockey defender than corner. Like you're not, you know, I guess at some points you're like following the same guy around, but it's mostly like you're standing back there trying to prevent anything from getting behind you. Uh, you're the last line. So. It's it's definitely one of those two guys. Um, I I don't I don't think there's a like Nathan McKinnon to me is like more like um, Jonathan Taylor or something like right. You know he's Derek a running Henry. back. He's a running back. Right. Um, and so I, yeah, I don't know how to how to like Russell Wilson. I don't really think has a comp. No, because I mean you you'd think of Landeskog being the captain and the leader of of the team, but. It's 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 tough because quarterback, there's just nothing like it in in hockey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do call like Kale McCarr the quarterback of the power play. Um, yeah, yeah. He's at the point there, so I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we got we got we nailed the comp. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, to tie a bow on this, I think it's really important for Jerry to endear himself to Russell Wilson. So you know, reality show aside, um, I think that the fact that he is going out of his way, like legitimately taking time to go spend time with Russ and his family. That's worth something. Yeah. And, and again, just having a positive role model, because what, what are things said about Russell Wilson? Sure. Some people say he's corny, but he's just a really good dude as well. Uh, on the field, off the field, he may be a little cheesy, but it's all coming from a really good place. And so the more influence that any of these guys have uh, around Russ is going to be good, but especially a guy that's got in a little trouble, although the charges were dropped, it's still not a situation you want to be in. And Ryan, I, th- I think it's a really good point that uh, j- just the, his perspective and how people view him is going to be more positive the more he spends around Russ. Totally. I mean, people notice this stuff. Like, everyone's paying attention. It, it's, I'm sure it's like this in a lot of NFL cities, but Denver especially. Like, everyone notices every little thing. Every tweet you send, every like you have on Twitter, whatever you're doing on Instagram. Like, everyone notices this stuff and makes a deal out of it, whether it's good or bad. This one happened to be good. Keep stacking those up, Jerry, and, and you'll uh, you'll be happy with the way things turn out for you. Um, yeah, Jason here says still riding high on the abs and 
I couldn't agree more. The the bar last night was so great. Like the vibe was just mm, chef's kiss. Just perfect. Uh, we had so, so, so much fun at the bar. It was packed. That like there's certain things that happen in sports that create extra levels of loud and a barrage of goals in hockey, which is really rare. Um, just like somehow each one gets a little bit louder. And like the third goal with Miko going top shelf was just like <laughs> insane. Like, like everyone, you know, and that, at that point you kind of know you're going to win the game. Um, so it's just like from zero to 1000 by that goal. And I, I want people to experience this so bad. So come down, hang out at the DNVR bar, get your member sized beer, get some of our great food, uh, enjoy this cup run, make some friends, like, there's such familiar faces that are there for every game, so come hang out with us. In the funny while you watch these over DraftKings Sportsbook, Ryan, man, I'm not sure if this is going to change in the next couple of hours, but this morning, DraftKings had the Avs puck line, so they have to win by two or more goals at plus 200 tomorrow. Oh, man, that is juicy, especially because they've won both games by over two goals so far. And, man, it just seems like the Oilers are losing it. I know they're going into Edmonton, but that is so juicy, the value over there. And, Ryan, you can even bet with free money on that game tomorrow night. If you place a $5 bet on any NBA Finals game, you'll get 150 150 free dollars in your account by placing a $5 bet. You don't even have to win the bet. Just place a money line bet of $5 and they'll give you 150 free dollars in your account right then. So you got to get in on the finals action. You got to get in on the Avs playoff run. And Ryan, I got in last night. Warriors plus 150. Now it's up to 160 to win the series. Last night, they played a bad game outside of Steph having one great first quarter. The Warriors are going to win this series. And uh, so I like that as well. So check them out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up to get this offer. And also an offer sign-up bonus up to $1,000 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Supplies DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling from call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, and finally, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, which, of course, is the official beer of DNVR. Um, for me, the good company hard seltzer is the official drink of the playoffs. Um, like last night, I was just taking it easy, but I still had one per period, like just a good one, one per period type of drink. You just sip on it. It's delicious. And uh, it's always a great time. So whether it's Strawberry Sky, good company, Breck Lager, if you want to go vanilla porter, whatever it may be. There's something amazing. I mean, nothing better than Avalanche Amber Ale for the Avs. Uh, and Breck Brew is giving out tickets to every single home game during this playoff run uh, for fans. All you, you, know, you got to do is go to breckbrew.com uh, and check out how they're giving back. You can nominate people to, to get those tickets. They want to give them to great fans. Uh, so check out uh, breckbrew.com and get you some Breck Brews. So, Ryan, earlier today, we talked to Jonas Griffith and Josie Jewell. Are those going to be the Broncos starting inside linebackers? Sure feels like it, at least for as of right now, unless something changes with Baron Browning during training camp. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's crazy how, man, Baron Browning, if he's an inside linebacker, he's the starting inside linebacker. In my mind, even above Josie Jewell. Now they may have Jewell. Uh, he wouldn't be replacing him because he'd be next to Josie Jewell. Instead, he's their 
fourth to sixth outside linebacker, really bizarre. And we've talked about that. Can you talk about that? But we're focusing on inside linebacker today, Ryan. Uh, I agree with you. I think that Jonas Griffith is going to be that guy. This is a small step uh, in having him talk to the media alongside Josie in the organization, showing a lot of faith and confidence in him. And he said some, a couple of interesting things today, Ryan. He said at the end of last year, he expected the Broncos to to add an inside linebacker this offseason, whether it was a draft, whether it was free agency. He expected the Broncos to keep Kenny Young, Alexander Johnson. Now, of course, they did keep Josie Jewell, but when he was talking about it, he was thinking the guys that play his position. He was thinking the Broncos were going to keep some of those guys, and then he was going to compete for, you know, a role on the team. They didn't keep any of those guys. They didn't bring someone in in free agency outside of, Alex Singleton for $1 million a year. They didn't draft an inside linebacker high in the draft this year. It's Jonas Griffith's job to lose right now. Yeah, which is, I don't necessarily like hearing that. Um, that he was like surprised by their confidence in him, you know? Like, I guess it makes sense when you've scratched and clawed for every single opportunity you've gotten in the NFL to just be wired in a way that says, I'm going to have to continue scratching and clawing for everything I get. So let's not say it's hand, being handed to him, but it's very close to being handed to him. There's there. At least the Broncos are saying, we want you to win this job. So please go win it. Um, <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so the, it's, I guess I, 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 it's understandable, but I wish he would be like, man, I felt like I played so well last season and I really felt like I earned the opportunity to continue playing and i'm happy that the organization saw things the same way like i i would like to see that confidence but it it's a it's a moot point essentially uh i i do think it just boils down to him being like ah i i assume i'm gonna have to fight for a roster spot again like here we go (laughs) (laughs) well you you will like something that he said though ryan he did come out and say i prepare to be a starter and i expect to do that so he did have confidence viewing himself at the present and where he is right now moving forward. And he should feel that way because not only did the Broncos not add anyone, but these two OTAs that we've been able to watch, Ryan, when it's a base defense and they've been starting off in base defense, by the way. um, And that's just because they're still uh, installing the defense. I expect to see a lot more dime and nickel as we move forward. But as of right now, it's Josie Jewell and it's Jonas Griffith, number 50 right next to him. There's no question as of right now, he's the starter. Yeah, and I remember when the Broncos acquired uh, Jonas Griffith, and I was just looking at this guy, and I was like, wow, this is like a perfect Madden linebacker right here. <laughs> like, uh, he's fast, he's strong, he's big. Uh, you know, he, he, like, checked all the boxes. I think he ran, like, an amazing 40 coming out of college. Um, and I was just like, well, I like it. Like, you know, it's a low-cost thing where you just – go out there and try and get a guy with tools and count on your coaching staff to teach him to play. And maybe Vic Fangio played a little bit of role in helping him understand the position a little bit and you can benefit from that. But it's just like, there's absolutely nothing from a physical standpoint that you could not like about Jonas Griffith. Um, And if he puts it together and starts playing, like he has all the tools to be a fantastic linebacker in the NFL. So it's kind of exciting. People always want the, the newest thing. Um, and, and somehow like Jonas Griffith, I feel like has already become a little bit less exciting to people because he like had a moment in the sun already in his past, but he should excite people a lot. 
like like legitimately excite people with the package of tools that he comes with. Um, so I'm excited for Jonas Griffith, and I hope that he blossoms because again, he's easily the most. I mean, depending on where you put Baron Browning, he's either easily the most gifted guy in that room or arguably the most gifted guy in that room. So uh, I really, I really hope it pans out for him. Yeah, and if Baron Browning's not in the inside linebacker room, he is easily the most gifted guy. Ryan, he's 6'4", 250 pounds, bigger than Von Miller. He ran a 4'6'2", 40-yard dash coming out of college. And maybe the most incredible thing and real quick, about Jonas... Don't get, don't get skewed by 4'6'2 when you're that big. Right, exactly. No, no, I I meant that in a compliment. He's a fast guy. He's 25 years old, still very raw, has really only been playing inside linebacker in the NFL and truly playing that for about half a year. Because remember last year when the Broncos traded for him, they traded for him to be a a special teamer. And that that they thought he was going to be an all-star special teamer, and he was a good special teamer. And then uh, the Broncos quickly saw Vic Fangio, which is important here, an inside linebacker guru, saw, wait, this kid understands this position in the meeting rooms. Then went out on the field, gave him a shot. Wow, this kid's actually good on the field as well. And then it, he got a shot in the final month of the season actually playing in games, and he was really good. And so you get this quick rise, and you're thinking, okay, well, why did he go to Indiana State? Why is this a guy that you know went undrafted and goes to the late pick for him in order to get be a special teamer? One of the most incredible things about him He was homeschooled until his senior year of high school. So he didn't play sports. His senior year of high school, he played football and got a couple of small offers, which, by the way, is just incredible to play one year of high school football and get any offers is really impressive. But he's not going to get them from Alabama when he plays one year. So he got a couple small offers to Indiana State was one of them. He went there really small school. You got to be incredible from an inside linebacker position to go from Indiana state to being drafted. So he didn't, and he's worked his way up. So it's not like he's just found these right things to get him this opportunity. He's actually extremely talented. And and I just think that, that his ceiling is pretty darn high. Yeah. If you think about it, Zach, based on like the normal career arc of a football player, he's like just getting to the point now where he would potentially be peaking. You know, we're talking about you know, when did you start playing football? I think I started in fourth grade. Right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, by the time I would have hypothetically made it to the NFL in a, in a very alternate universe. Um, <laughs> I believe I, in you. I would have been playing football for, you know, 12 years at least. Um, right. He hasn't even been playing that long yet. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, and, it's, and, it, and it should, again... I think people should be really excited for this guy. Like, I think he legitimately has like, why isn't his jersey in the store uh, type of ability if he if he plays the way he can? And I love, I think it's gone now. Someone pointed out in the comments he hasn't played alongside Josie yet. You know, he was playing along uh, your favorite word, a mismatch, a mishmash (laughs) of. Uh, of inside linebackers they're just throwing anyone out there who they could get a jersey on um uh, and he was maybe you know one of the main ones who stood out during that time a lot of guys kind of went by the wayside there's what was that one guy's name with a b barrington wade was playing <laughs> impressive uh, yeah yeah <laughs> like they were throwing i mean people i think forget 
how much they were just throwing anything they could at the wall and seeing what sticks. And Jonas Griffith stuck. uh, And that's a really great job by him. But playing alongside Josie is going to do wonders for him. Josie can pretty much tell him what to do on every single play if he needs it. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. And, and Josie Jewell, he's fully recovered from the pec injury. And the good thing about pec injuries is that's one that typically does not uh, linger at all. So he's 100% now. And that you, I, I love what you said. That could be a really good duo. And Ryan, when he didn't have Josie Jewell and was playing against a mismatch of people, uh, it, it, uh, he, he was extremely, extremely productive. His first game as a true starter week 14, he came out and had five tackles next game seven next game 13 tackles the following game he had 12 and then he ended the season with six that is some serious production yeah I've talked about this every time we we mention him but I I just think it's so easy to forget late those games from late in the season when the season's really over and we're all just kind of tuning in because what else would we do (laughs) um uh but those games like fall fall by the wayside in your memory because they're so meaningless. Um, but I just remember tweeting out like, you guys, Jonas Griffith might be really good. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and everyone was like, I think so. Like he actually might be really good. So I'm super excited to see what he looks like in this defense. And, and the, maybe he's so good in their eyes that they're just like, we like him better at this position than we like Baron Browning. So we got to figure out something else to do with Baron Browning. Man, and that would be just such a compliment to Jonas Griffith. And and Ryan, not that it means a whole bunch for what Jonas Griffith uh, did himself, but the the opposing teams averaged fourteen points uh, in the first three in his first three starts. They averaged fourteen points against the Broncos defense. Pretty pretty darn good. Now it kind of blew up a little later in the season when they played the Chargers and the Chiefs. But still, when he was on the field, the Broncos were were a pretty productive defense. Yeah, Holy Divers saying they had a shot at the wild card in the last three weeks. I think the last three weeks is when, and you always do an article on this, like they they started needing some serious help from around. Yeah, it was to the point of, you know, like a 1% chance three weeks out, and then two weeks out it was like 0.01% chance. So there was a chance, but no, not really. I think we created just like one week, like the parlay that the Broncos needed to, (laughs) to happen for them to stay in the playoff race. Um, and it was like plus 10,000 and it didn't win. You didn't, you're not rich now. It didn't. I think the biggest problem was the Broncos lost. Yeah, that was, that was needed. And they lost uh big time to the chargers and, uh, almost beat the chiefs, but nope, didn't do that. Yep. It's, uh, it's exciting. I'm really excited for Jonas Griffith. Anything that Josie Jewell said of note? Uh, Josie. Not really. Uh, Josie's really good at, at not saying much other than Josie's a guy where he doesn't say much uh, and it can kind of be uh, pretty boring in his press conferences, but you could tell the way he lit up just when talking about Nathaniel Hackett and this coaching staff uh, and in meetings too was, was really my biggest takeaway from him was he said in meetings uh, it's fun. It's fun to be around. You want to be there. And that is the part everyone likes practice when, when you're going 11 on 11 and it's like a scrimmage. Everyone likes that. But it's the meetings that get so tough and then grinds you in the offseason. Grind- and he said they're a blast. And that is going to be something that keeps this team going in week 17 when it's really tough and, and just keeps them going. Do you know how hard it is to get NFL players to say meetings are fun? <laughs> yes. 
<clears throat> like, it doesn't happen. You and I have spent, I don't know, hundreds of hours in NFL locker rooms. And when they have to go to a meeting, everyone, their head goes down. Like, they, you know, run to their locker, grab something, put their head down, and walk to the meeting. It's never like, hey, hey, we got a meeting. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's just like, ah, meeting in five minutes. Let's go. Like, the fact that you, even Josie, who, you know, if there's someone who's going to be, for lack of a better term, a coach's pet, I think Josie would be on that <laughs> list. Um, but even him saying, like, the, they're fun. Not just, like, the meetings are better. Like, the meetings are fun. That it means Nathaniel Hackett is doing I mean, doing what he was hired to do, but also just, like, achieving what I would have previously said was impossible. Right. And and we talked about the cahoots that they have going on, but Josie also said they, they do some basketball competitions and meetings, and they also do some name quizzes because not all the veterans know the rookies' names, and there's more rookies than just, you know, the seven or eight they draft. There's a bunch of undrafted guys, uh, and, and, jo- and Nathaniel Hackett just makes it fun uh, and values everyone on the team. So I think that's a cool thing. And I did see someone in the comment section earlier saying that J- Josie has more to prove on this team than Jonas Griffith. And I disagree with that. And Josie would also disagree with that. He talked about getting that, that multi-year deal, two years, $11 million deal, what it means to him. And he said, yeah, last year, uh, now he only played a game and a half, but last year he felt like he, he, there was a little bit too much pressure on his plate because it was a contact year and, and eating, but you know, maybe do a little too much, even though he, he played really well. Now he said, now I can just go out and play. And I would disagree with that commenter because the Broncos just paid Josie Jewel five and a half million dollars guaranteed for this season. So he, he, he's very safe. Yeah. Um, he, he doesn't really, <clears throat> I don't want to take this as like, he's a star or anything. He doesn't really have anything to prove. They know exactly what he is and they like it. And they want him out there. Like, sure, could he get better? Of course. But in terms of having to prove anything, I think he's proved that he's a legitimate NFL player. Um, He obviously has his limits. And it's like he is who he is, and they like it, and they want it out there. So I don't – like, he's not really in the prove-it stage anymore. He's in the try-to-build-on-what-you-have stage. Right, exactly. I completely agree. And and Ryan, really quick, you talked about we all have our limits. Well, we all have our limits and how much we can do with our teeth. That's why you need to go to a dentist because they'll take care of the things that you can't get right with your teeth over at Green Mountain Dental, where if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll set you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, and they are part of our family. They've supported us for a long time, and you guys know supporting our partners is support us and also they're great people so might as well go to a place where you can talk Colorado sports might as well go to a place as part of our family and might as well go to a place where when you go to the dentist they're just going to give you a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take care of your teeth the rest of the year when you're not there so check them out over at Green Mountain Dental you said that was a stretch yeah it was a big stretch stretch. (laughs) y'all have limitations on what we can do with our teeth we do. I can't. I can't scrape my teeth like they do at the dentist. I, I feel like the, the after that, I would like look at them and they'd have you know a bunch of metal scraped all over them. I recently heard if you want to help um, dogs get the plaque off their teeth, uh, you give them frozen carrots. It just okay. kind of scrapes it off for them. So you can just wow. try that. <laughs> okay. I'll try frozen carrots instead of my toothbrush for uh, three <laughs> months and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how that goes for you. Um, <laughs> Anyways, 
let's jump into the comments here. I know we have a super chat right here, so let's start with that one from I believe Jason. Bingo. Who says, do edge rushers count as outside linebackers? Do you think the Broncos might run a 2-5 base, which would make sense with Browning's move to edge and the team not caring about inside linebacker that much? Um, I mean, they're going to run their 3-4 base. But yes, edge rushers count as outside linebackers. Um, but I, I think you're going to see uh, so many different mixes uh, of what they can put out there. And, and I could absolutely see a scenario where – Baron Browning is kind of playing like a, like a star. I don't know. We call it like a star backer. Uh, so you had that out there quite a few times. Um, they were using like Davion Taylor, who's on the Eagles now in that role where it's like, yeah, he's kind of floating around. He might even like line up in the slot uh, over a tight end and come after the passer. There's like a lot of movement you can use with that. Um, <clears throat> but you, you could see Draymond Jones and DJ Jones be the only two down um on some plays and and you could see you know um uh like Caden Stearns coming in a bunch and taking the place of a linebacker so the 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 honestly the uh the limits don't exist on what kind of formations these guys can run out there but for the most part I think you're going to see a 3-4 base still yeah I completely agree and instead of a 2-5-4 it would probably be if you're only going to have two down linemen, it's probably going to be a two, three, two, four, two, three, six, where, where you're going to have a lot uh, of, of defensive backs on the field. Just like you said, a Caden Stearns is the guy that's got to see the field. Yeah. Two dime, two, three, six works great in Madden. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Especially if one of your guys is Jonas Griffith, or at least a guy with that uh, ability. <clears throat> Right, then you like you know you bring in your like ninety five speed corner uh, yep. who comes into the <laughs> box all of a sudden. He's running with you know slower wide receivers over the middle. It's good stuff. Oh, oh man, I uh, I, I missed last week's man. I was feeling a little under the weather. I can't I can't wait to get back on. Um, Max Power has any comment on how Montreal Washington is looking? Well, <clears throat> according to Henry, he was there last night, which might really put a wrench in the gears of our one-on-one uh, talks there. Um, That's true. But uh, anything you've heard on in terms of how you obviously talked about him catching a long bomb from Russ the other day, which was exciting. That's about it. We talked about that a lot that day. I've been really impressed with Montreal Washington. I truly thought he was being brought in to be a returner and a returner only. And in if year three, you get something as a receiver. It's a cherry on top. Ryan, I think we're going to have a package for him as a receiver this year. And not just as a long receiver that stretches the field. As an all-around receiver, that's just super, super quick and tough to tackle and brings that mentality of a small guy, but a small guy that's not going to back down from anything. I I really think, and I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him in these first two OTAs he has caught my eye more than Nick Benito and Greg Dulcich has caught my 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 eye more than any other rookie Montreal Washington he's second right there and then uh any he's also would be in that group right behind him and then Nick Benito a little bit but I mean that shows you how much how how well Montreal Washington has done now gotta add it's not with pads, especially a small guy. When pads come on, it could kind of wash him out a little bit. But so far, uh, the, the results on him so far are really good. Carlos Henderson told us he needed the pads um, to get going. No, and, uh, no he didn't. Didn't help at all. No. <laughs> he just kept dropping passes and running wrong routes. 
Um, anyways, Montreal, Washington. Yeah, man, I, I'm super excited for him. Although I've just, he's on such a short leash for me and it's not his fault. It's just, there's no, there's just no need to put the ball at risk ever when you have Russell Wilson. It's true. It's true. Now what you hope he does is win the 2012 Broncos played the Baltimore Ravens and before Raheem Moore let the ball over his head. The Broncos offense wasn't that good. It was it was Trendon Holiday that had two returning touchdowns. Now, did Trendon do that a ton that year? No, he didn't. But just in those moments that you need it, you hope that he can come through. But but you're right, Ryan. You can't take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not a risk worth taking when you have a great quarterback. Um, no, <clears throat> it, it is when you don't. Um, and you you know, it, crossing the fifty is a rarity. But we expect the Broncos to cross the 50 on damn near every drive this year. Um, so just take care of the ball. I trust him to do it. I'm just, I just hope he does. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. All right, let's jump into the comments over at thednvr.com. And if you want to leave your comments, become a member with us over at thednvr.com. Click on podcast at the top of the screen. Click on Broncos podcast and all of our podcasts will pop up. Click on the top one. That's our most recent one. Scroll to the bottom of that episode. And if you're a member, a comment section will appear. Leave your comment there, and we'll get to it on the next day's pod. And, Ryan, let's talk to the people that have done that for today's pod. First one coming in from Denver Rival says, Hey, guys, thanks for the great content as always. DNVR fan, we hope to see you sign up for DNVR Rivals to support the Alzheimer's Association. My question today is, when are, or is what are your bold playoff picks at the moment? Who do you see surprising the league in either conference? What is a playoff team you think will miss the postseason? A fringe team that will go far? Which sports franchise in or not in football, do you think should move locations? I think the Sacramento Kings should move to Vegas and become the Vegas Knights. Well, you can't do that. Can't I won't ask you about sure. Hall of Famer snubs, uh, but I will say, uh, love you, DNVR fam. Vegas Knights. Jeez, how it's crazy to me how how hockey can be so irrelevant to some people. <laughs> it's it's like an incredible sport to me. Um, Maybe and Ryan, do you want to explain why uh, why it's irrelevant in in this comment? They already have the Vegas Golden Knights as their (laughs) hockey team. Um. Anyways, um. Okay, so what's a playoff team from last year that will miss the playoffs this year? Right. Yep. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Uh, Of course, of course, I love that. Um, I'm gonna go the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh wow. I could yep. see it too. I could see it too. Um, what was the next question? Um, let's see. Who uh, who's a surprise team that makes the playoffs this year? I don't think there Denver are Broncos. Any. Denver Broncos surprise <laughs> from uh, last year at least. I guess it would surprise a lot of these national guys who have them still as the worst team in the AFC West. Seriously, um, more of a. I, I don't think any team in the AFC West would would actually be a surprise. I don't think there's any teams in the AFC that are going to make the playoffs that will be a surprise. The only thing that will be a surprise miss, misses. Maybe okay, the Colts. How, of making it? Yeah, like they, they could surprise people by making it. I don't know. Man, um, the Jaguars. That would be a surprise. I'd love to see it. Um, how about, I mean, the Ravens aren't a surprise, even though they finished last in their division last year. That That's what I'm picking to win that division this year. Um, how about this, though? In the AFC, Ryan, the Patriots or Dolphins, they're teams that were above 500 last year, 
but I think everyone, I don't think people are picking them to make the playoffs with how competitive the AFC is. Yeah. The dolphins aren't making it. Um, <clears throat> the Patriots very well could. Wow. Okay. I love it. I love the confidence in Mac. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see how, uh, just, we're going to find out very quickly how important Josh McDaniels was. Either the Raiders are going to be good and the Patriots are going to take a step back or the Patriots will just be a well-oiled machine and the Raiders will suck like the last time Josh McDaniels coached. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. And, and one more team in, in my mind, I would be surprised to see the saints make the playoffs. I think nationally they're viewed way better than I view them right now. It's kind of weird how much national love they get. Yeah, it really, I thought that was all going to be gone after, after Drew and Sean left. Me too. Me too. A hundred percent. We'll, I have no confidence in them. For no, what I, I, I don't either. Uh, Ryan, any team that should uh, change locations? Okay. So I'm, I'm big on uh, Vegas getting more teams. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so I know basketball. like, I know like the Oakland A's uh, have been tossed around as a team that could go to Vegas. <clears throat> um. I'm in on that. Uh, obviously, yeah. like Oakland A's fans are probably a lot of them are Oakland were Oakland Raiders fans, so don't yeah. care about them. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the Kansas City Chiefs should move to the moon. There we go. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, we, we need to get teams out of Florida. Florida has way too many teams for not giving a damn about sports. M- move the Dolphins anywhere that's just going to care about football um from what i've heard about the environment there is terrible move the dolphins to uh, move any of these teams to like oklahoma city where they actually care about football right and i I guess they do in florida but for whatever reason not in miami man it it is true there's not that many teams in the midwest like in, in what i would consider the midwest of obviously Missouri, I guess, technically has one. But yeah, th- throw one of those in places that care about football that don't have anything else better to do than yeah, football. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look <laughs> at, you know, Nebraska. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they look at the Huskers as their pro team uh, yeah. in any sport. But put an NFL team there. I bet they'd show out for them. Yeah, um, put put two of there. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> two of Nebraska. Um <laughs> <laughs> what other teams should move? All hockey teams um, south of Denver should have to move north of Denver. Um, um, sh- so literally is that, well, I guess it's a shot at more than just the Coyotes. Uh, yeah, I don't want to move the Coyotes because I feel bad. They always have to hear about people trying to move them. Um, but like L.A. Any gotta, Florida teams? Yeah, L.A.'s got to go to Northern California. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get some teams in North Dakota. Mm, yeah 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 there there should be two in minnesota right i mean if we're gonna have two football teams in los angeles a city that doesn't care about sports might as well have two in a state that is hockey i guess i think two teams in a state is dumb like i wouldn't want that here because like right colorado you know we uh had obviously du wins the hockey title um then the colorado eagles made it to the championship round um and then the abs are in the conference final so like colorado's probably the hockey capital of the universe um but i don't want i don't want another hockey team here that's true it's true you you don't want them split i guess you could have saint or uh saint paul and minneapolis they're kind of two different cities kind of 
I guess no, you you're could. not for it. I'm not gonna sell you. I don't it. like two teams in a state ever. Yeah, but then you really don't like California. Like... You really don't like New York, which I think those... most people don't like those sports cities. I think the populations are big enough there where it's like, like if you're from Colorado, you just have pride in Colorado. But I feel like if you're from like Texas, you have pride in the part of Texas you're from. And I guess you have an overarching Texas pride. But if you're like, I don't know, maybe you're from san antonio like you're not like big dallas guy you know what i mean right right no i don't think you are <laughs> i agree well, although i'm sure a bunch of them are cowboys fans still but yeah since there is no, i mean there, there was talk of uh the raiders before they moved to las vegas going to san antonio maybe that's a place that you could put another football team again same state there's already two there i would rather have san antonio have a team than any in florida I would rather have all of these flyover states have teams. Yeah. <laughs> I think the NFL could absolutely – I think every state could support an NFL team, except for Rhode Island, which is, isn't even a real place. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, agree, I agree. So you a fan of Alaska? That would uh, almost yeah. be like a similar conversation as uh, putting a team out in London. Yeah, dude. Give me the Anchorage Oilers. Oh, I like it. I like it. What's I, Hawaii I mean, then? Um, man, I don't know. Man, Hawaii just does not seem like a football place, though. It's too nice. Yeah, they do have like a decent college fan base. Um, but yeah, it, it is true. Like, there's way too much to do there, and everyone's <laughs> spread out across the islands. It's true. Um, and, and that might, I mean, everyone's really spread out in Alaska, so that might <laughs> cause a problem too. Although I assume Anchorage could probably fill a a football stadium. Every, as long as everyone in the city attends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get it when, when you buy a house there, they just give you season tickets. Right, right. There you go. Hey, if property tax includes that, I'm down. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure everyone, <laughs> I'm sure everyone will be on board with paying extra on their taxes for that. Seriously. I and actually, Ryan... real quick, when I was in college, CU wasn't doing this. I think they started doing it now, but they just included season tickets to football and basketball in the student fees at ASU. And so like, mm. yeah, it kind of sucks for the people who don't care, but for the people who do care, they get it. They don't have to pay anything extra or pay at least the, you know, foot the whole bill for their tickets. And then every student has season tickets, which makes it, you know, more accessible for them to go to the games, which I thought was great. Oh man. That's how it absolutely should be. And, uh, and just an incentive to fill those stadiums too, especially down in Arizona where they, they need help getting fans in the stands. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> all right. Last one coming in from Fangio Schmangio says my boys, forgive my ignorance, but please tell me the origin story of playing all the small things at abs games. Blink 182 is my favorite band ever. And seeing the crowd sing it, out this playoff series is amazing you boys keep my daily bearable please don't ever stop you i need you more than coffee saddle up <laughs> wow i, I love you anything more than coffee uh, <laughs> appreciate you yeah uh it's it's the best part about this is it happened the best way that things can happen which is completely organically yeah um the the dj at the abs game just played it one time uh, and you know, obviously the DJ has to turn the music off at a certain time when the, when the action starts and it just happened that the action started right around when they dropped the puck and he had to turn it off. Uh, and that was right around the chorus. Everyone just kept singing and it was electric oh, and, they just, and that's just became a tradition. Like that's how things should be rather than like 
the Broncos trying to invent a fight song <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, which literally no one could even tell you one word from today because it lasted two years and then got thrown in the bin. But as yeah, it, as it should have. But yeah, I love. I just love when stuff happens organically like that, and then now everyone's stealing it, which is kind of lame. Um, but but yeah, that's our thing. Like other sports teams. Oh uh, yeah, other hockey teams. No way. The same song. Same song. Yeah. Oh, that is so lame. And th- this Avs series or this Avs playoffs with it specifically has has really got me thinking. The Broncos need this to happen, but just like you said, Ryan organically and it's got to be a song that everyone knows that everyone loves that that's that's a sing-along sort of song like that but but also not cheesy the broncos need one of these because it is so cool that the abs have this and now every time i hear this song i instantly think of the abs yeah and like wisconsin has jump around yeah um, yeah and that's really cool uh, uh memphis has whoop that trick uh which it's, <laughs> it's never lost on me the comedy that we have all the small things and they have whoop that trick um, <laughs> that is incredible um but yeah i mean i i think it's i think those types of things are, make the experience as a fan so much better I, the, the broncos could do like rocky mountain high i don't, I don't right, you know like, right just yep. anything you know just yep. something that everyone can get behind obviously like the red Sox have sweet caroline it goes on and on and on and on yeah um, yep. it's it's time it's time for the broncos to do that so i think this the strategy is just like play a bunch of songs and then figure out whichever one's <laughs> right right just figure out which people are or who's gonna sing the songs yeah and i guess the toughest part about this is like Avs fans and Blink-182 is, like, so easy. It's so obvious, you know? Like, hockey people love the 90s and, like, music from that time. And, like, like obviously basketball fans are skew more towards hip-hop. With football, it's everyone. So it's kind of hard to find something that, like, everyone in the stadium likes because it's just you're getting an entire amalgamation of the, of the city. Then just find a really popular song. And, and roll with it. As long as everyone's into it, that's the biggest thing. Because yeah. no one was into the Broncos theme song. Like, <laughs> the even if it song. was even if it was really bad and cheesy, but everyone was into it. And after every touchdown, everyone's just singing it. It would have been okay. It would have been good. Um, yeah, I mean, but no one cared. Probably one of the most fun things about going to the game is the incomplete. Like that's, that's ours, you know, yeah. like yeah. No, no one's ever even tried to steal that one, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And then the other one was, you know, rock and roll part two, but that guy got canceled into oblivion for very good reason. Um, yeah. And now we don't get to enjoy that anymore, I guess. No, we don't get, we don't get good things. We don't get fun songs. We don't get fun moments. And we haven't had fun moments in the stadium in so long. Thankfully, at least from a football perspective, that's going to change. Do that. Do they not have a song that they play after every touchdown? I mean, I know that those have been so rare in recent years that it'd be hard to remember them, but. Is it the, uh, but da 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 Hey. That's the, that's the song. That's rock and roll part two. I think so. Oh well. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh yeah. well, then I guess my memory is from too long ago. So <laughs> I don't think so. Then 2014 or something. Um, <laughs> I don't think they have a like, you know, like even the Abs have the hey 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 thing after every goal. Like it's just something that you're you're like building. It's essentially just building a brand, right? You're attaching things yep. to feelings and trying to, you know 
attach that to people's memories. I mean, just look at Russell Wilson and let's ride. <laughs> it's not necessarily like the most creative thing or the best <sighs> thing ever, but man, I, he's sticking with it and it is, it's everywhere. Ah, dude, I hate to end on this note, but did you see the video they put out yesterday of him, like, testing out different ways of saying it? How can they do my guy really like that? Bad. How can really they do bad. Him like In that? fact, Ryan, it was so bad and blew up so much that they, the Pat McAfee show was, was destroying them for it today, and they were saying the exact same things. How are you going to do Russ dirty like that? Why you got to do this to him? Because, like, he's already so corny. We don't need to film him doing corny things and then post it out. He'll do that on his own. Right. <laughs> right. But right. it's and... already so, like, even, like, I don't know. You and I look into things probably a little deeper than everyone. And, like, we can see how manufactured the Let's Ride thing is. Yeah. That made it seem ten times more manufactured. And, it oh, did. It was not electric at all. It was, like, so dull and boring. And he was kind of struggling with the entire concept of it. And I saw like <laughs> some really big personalities tweeting out like, wow, I'm really fired up after watching this. And I was like, damn it, man. How did you guys do this to him? Oh, they did him so dirty. And then uh, the the top comment. So I went, I went there this morning to see if it was still there. And sure enough, it's still there. And the top comment is not a good one. It's Melvin Gordon. Uh, five laughing, crying emojis on it and uh, has 600 likes. Yeah, that's probably extra funny from your couch. Um, <laughs> I I just, uh, I, I, the slogan itself, like, is actually good. Um, it makes sense. It, you know, it's a double meaning there. Let's ride. It's a Bronco, a horse. Like, it, it it's all good. I'm, I'm in on the slogan. Like, it looks good when it's printed. It's just we got it we can't do that to him that's not right man the comment section's tough i gotta get out of this comment section now. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh it's brutal um so yeah broncos please please gotta do your guys in favors yeah, take russ take care of russ man you can't leave him out to the wolves like that although i'm sure he really does not care no no i'm sure not yeah. All right. Oh, and speaking speaking of that, uh, we'll we'll circle this all back. The guys that were chopping it up together yesterday when they were doing those really cheesy hype videos, it was Russ and it was Jerry. And Russ That's posted cool. that on his account. He didn't post the Let's Ride thing. He posted Jerry. That's like the thing. Like the one on one, they go do like a little thing, right? That was they were recording it, and then yep. afterwards they do the dinner. Right. They never right, actually right. eat the food. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they eat at those games either. So. That's true. Um, I try to not eat at games, but sometimes I forget. And then you get like two of those tall boys in and you're in trouble. So then you got to get the tenders. Ballerina yeah. tenders actually fire. Oh, man, that's huge. And especially when you're sitting in a suite. Oh, you got to go for the food then. Yep, absolutely. All right. Is that it? Is that all we got? That's it. Covered it. All right. This is good. This is fun. Classic off-season pod. Uh, thank you guys for keeping uh, keeping it with us here. A big crowd watching the whole time. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out, and we will be back with you on Monday. We'll see you guys. Later.
fly. 